Hey everybody, this is Vin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Dakota 40. Before we start the show, we need to pay some bills. This episode is brought to you by Creamy.one. Creamy.one. Creamy is your premier source for adult toys and goods. They carry unique brands for empowered singles and couples interested in exploring their sexuality. So head over to Creamy.one. Creamy.one. That's C-R-E-A-M-I-E dot O-N-E. Don't forget to use code DECODEN40 for that 15% discount. Creamy.one. Now, let's start the show. Omicron is here. Autobots roll out. <laughs> That's hilarious. We have a new Omicron. Yes. <laughs> the fucking star screen sounded like Cobra Commander. You I was just about things? to say it that. Did. <laughs> it's yes, the same Megatron. guy. It's the same fucking guy with the raspy voice. Oh, we got to the bottom Megatron. of that. Megatron. Hey, Larry, would you mind switching it up a little bit? You kind of sound repetitive. No, I can't. No, this is my voice. What the fuck? This is what you hired me for. I do two voices. This voice and this voice. (laughs) This is another episode of Decoding 40. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Raw, making all your fantasies come true. Hello, live from BK, but residing in Harlem. What's up, it's your boy Vin, a.k.a. Vinny Pugazi, master of impressions. Yo, what's up, this is Howard, and I'm talking directly into the mic. Welcome to the stage, guys. <laughs> Google. I just do heroin. That sounds gross. No, y'all just trying to blame me out. Oh, I'm being a <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of Decoding 40. My name is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, and I am here with my main man. What's good? This is your boy L.O.Dot, and these are the thoughts of a colored man. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Vin, aka I'm a crying coming to get your ass. This is Alaric. You heard me? Oh, I'm in the south. Hang on. He's in the south right now. <laughs> down south. You hear, you hear me? Can you hear. hear the sweet tea in his voice? You hear? That's what's up. So, what's going on in your lives, fellas? Vin, why don't you go first this week, my guy? If I must. What's going on in my life right now? Coquito sales were great for Thanksgiving. Thanks, everybody out there for purchasing uh, Terry's Coquito. And some of the lucky ones got some of the ice cream. I've gotten rave reviews over that ice cream. And I'm going to have to put this in a package and sell it. One of my boys called me today, a possible plugs brother. And he called me up and was like, yo, I stopped eating ice cream like 20 years ago because I'm lactose intolerant. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, TMI. But anyway, he goes, <laughs> yo, I'm at my brother's <laughs> house. basically like, tell you, I'd be shitting and farting. <laughs> you know, I thank you for your shit, information. Man. But um, anyway, so <laughs> you know what makes me shit. But anyway, he goes, he's at his brother's house, and his brother's like, and his brother and his mother, who I know, uh, who I love very much, goes, no, you have to taste this ice cream. 
He said he tasted the ice cream. He was like, man, I couldn't stop eating the shit. I had to leave the house. The shit is really good. And I had no side effects. This is possibly because the rum maybe counteracts the lactose in your belly. Who knows? I've got a cure for lactose intolerance. It's called Coquito ice cream. Anyway, um, <laughs> this has not been approved by the FDA. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but anyway, sponsored by lactate, sponsored by lactate. But no, I had um, other than that, things are good, man. Uh, I had a great Thanksgiving holiday, went down to South Jersey. You know how <laughs> there's always the memes of when black folks are leaving, it takes like two hours to leave. Mm-hmm. That two hours turned into overnight because what happened was I wanted to leave at eight, but we're down there visiting, you know, family and um, I call her an aunt, let's just say, goes, where are you going? Why are you leaving so early? It's only eight o'clock. Come on, let's just have one more. Let's have, let's have, let's have one more drink. And I bought a bottle of Telemodu because I couldn't find any Centauri whiskey from the liquor stores I went to. Didn't want to drive all the way out to Bayonne to get it. I bought Telemadu. Why not? It's good stuff. So I had like in the beginning, maybe two or three drinks. And then I stopped like around seven. Well, I came back to the drinking table about 830. We ran through that bottle. And then I found this bottle of old granddad 777 whiskey. Now, it wasn't a nice bottle, so it must be like on the higher echelon of Old Granddad because the uh, the regular bottle of Old Granddad, it used to come in a box that looks like a coffin. I don't know. I know this because my stepfather used to drink this shit all the time. So I then started drinking Old Granddad. My daughter tells me the next day all the stories that happened after I started drinking the Old Granddad. And how, wow. You know, my wife, she went through oh, a big-ass bottle of... Um, some red wine and we were two sheets of the wind my daughter goes you don't remember filling the uh the poland springs thing and getting water water all over the floor and all this i was like i do not remember that i woke up i've had one too many drinks i I woke up in my boxes and like how did i get in my boxes at the embassy (laughs) but this pretty little thing from memphis tennessee and listen, uh, she's from Jersey City, by the way. That's the pretty thing that I woke up with uh, from Jersey City. So I I got really two sheets of the wind uh, drunk and I had a great time. Woke up the next day, wasn't hung over because I was drinking it straight. So when you drink straight whiskey, nine times out of ten, you don't get a hangover. Feeling a little shitty, but I was feeling good. Other than that, uh, nothing much, man. That's pretty much you know how my week went. You know, like I said, Thanksgiving was great. And um, now it's time for the Christmas uh, holiday to come up, which means Coquito again. So place your orders, ladies and gentlemen. Hit, you know, hit me up on my DMs on my Facebook. Already started taking orders. Get yours now. And I'm going to try to get this ice cream together because cats, I think if I go by uh, L, Rick's or Max House without ice cream, I might get stabbed with a Coquito bottle from the last time. It might get broken over my head. Pretty much. I might get stabbed and laughed. Shank you, City, Shank you City. You almost here. didn't get, you that's, almost that's, didn't that's get out of guaranteed. my house. That's facts. <laughs> you almost didn't get out of my house because you brought an insufficient amount the first time you came and it was a little... It was a sample. Was Wait, you had more than one servings of this ice cream? It was, it was tricky. It was a it sample. Was tricky oh, getting wow. him out. No, well, let, see what it was when I when I came in. I, I, I didn't get more by volume. We just cut the portion size. L, don't feel, don't oh, feel okay. like no, 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 no. He got the more. same amount, 
But the we problem was when I came in the house, I was like, oh, why don't you taste it first? Yeah, because we, because we put it up. That's the crack shit. Don't you understand? And he was like, he was like, no, taste it before I leave. He was like, taste it before I leave. Yeah, I want, I want to see, I want to see your face. Let's see your face and taste it. <laughs> but, but, and that's what, that's where he went wrong. That's where he went shout, wrong. Shout out to Mac's wife because she sent me a text message the other, the next day on some, what type of sorcery fucking shit is this? It's black magic. You brought, you brought this shit in my house. And, you know, listen, uh, I just, I appreciate all the love from all the you shit guys. is delicious. I have to tell you, um, I was eating it, I had, and I thought about this, like uh, the golden child was eating that little leaf <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was just like nibbling on this for a week, yo. Uh, it's delicious. And Not kudos yo. for uh, coming up with a, a great recipe. It, I appreciate it. It is fantastic. And everyone who I talk to to get feedback about it, I put my man onto it. He texts me very calm brother he texts me yo with 15 o's the next day like yo this ice cream so uh very yeah, positive shout out, to, shout out to your boy b aka little bottle he he i, I he came through <laughs> and, and had a big order uh, of coquito so i gave him a sample of the ice cream some stuff that i had left over i put it into a container and he sent me the text message the next day like this ice cream is delicious and then he was like i've been taking the coquito and pouring pouring it on vanilla ice cream i'm like there's so many applications for this stuff, man. Yeah, there's yeah, so man. many People put it in coffee. That is, that is some ridiculously flat, fat people shit, though. Of course. I put but some hey, tussin on it. Enjoy. Put some tussin on it. That's dope. So look out for Coquito ice cream in your stores near you, hopefully sometime very soon, if I can get this stuff rolling, man. That's it. I'm What's ready, up with you, I'm ready to. I'm ready to invest. I'm ready to cash in my bitcoins. You say that jokingly, but that might be happening soon. I'll be coming. I, to I'm not. Look, I need, I'm not kidding. I'm yeah, not. I, I already. I I already offered to buy the ice cream machine. He and that's not a lie. I texted him the next day. Like he's like, yo, what about this ice cream machine? I was like, yo, I just, I I'm, I will wire you the money right now for the yeah. ice cream machine. Like, I don't think any like, of that is a joke. No, it wasn't. Well, not again. Not kidding. Not again. No, I mean, I, 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 I gave a little sample at Thanksgiving because we had some, uh, I think it was sweet potato pie. And mm -hmm. I gave everybody a little sample. I didn't tell them what it was. Just gave them a little sample. Everybody, what the fuck? What is this? Like, my mom's don't curse, but she was like, what the fuck? No, nah, she didn't. <laughs> 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 like, what the high cream this is, you know? What the bum o'clock? No, no, she didn't. Uh, but she did like it. Every everybody liked it. It was really good. Was really that's what's good. up, man. That's what's up. Yo, this is Vincent, aka Many Voices. Hey, what's up? This is Alaric, and I'm speaking directly into the mic. This is Mac, aka Mr. Rook, making all your dreams come true. This is Hello. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Make sure that you follow us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do we tweet? A little bit. We tweet. We tweet. All right. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. No Snapchat at all and go to www.decoding40.com make sure you sign up so you can keep following us thank you for listening to <laughs> coding 40 god damn it <laughs> what's up with you l actually uh, quite a bit of the last couple of weeks um but i don't know if you guys well, you, i'm sure you do remember we had talked about road rage a couple of episodes ago and i was on my high and mighty and i said road rage i don't do that anymore yo MTA's finest got me in these streets yelling at the top of my I got out the car 
yelled at the top of my lungs at this dude and lost it. So here's the scenario. We're, we're pulling up. And if anybody knows my neighborhood, parking is absolutely atrocious. And so we find a spot, which is like a half a block away from my apartment building. So I'm like, bet. But the street that we're on is pretty tight. And a lot of buses have to come down the street. So I maneuver. So I'm out of the way. And I'm giving this young lady who had New Jersey license plate, by the way, enough room so she could pull out. This sister, and I use that term loosely, took at least 10 minutes to warm up her car, to get herself situated. No. And then by the time she was about to pull out, bus, this bus driver comes up and starts honking his horn. So I'm like, all right. So I give him the, I roll down the window, give him the obligatory uh, left hand, like pull ahead. You're good. Just go ahead. He starts honking again. So I'm like, all right. Maybe he didn't see my hand. So I put my hand up a little bit higher and I'm like, go ahead, bro. Just, just drive around us. He starts laying on his horn at this point. So I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing. So Bruce Banner is turning into the Hulk right now. Because I'm, I'm already pissed that it's, it's taking her so long to pull out of the spot. She had to finish playing her game of fucking yeah. Angry Birds and shit. Yeah, when I pulled up to her and was like, you leaving, she has her phone in her hand like she's uh -huh. checking her Instagram or something like that. Uh -huh. So I'm like, right. oh, okay. So, and then meanwhile, a, a prior to the bus who was uh, the asshole, another bus had pulled around the car with no problem. So I'm, I already know that there's enough room. This is not an issue. Room is not the issue. So I get out the car and now I'm like, bro, just go ahead. So while I'm standing in the street, he lays on his horn again. Now I'm like, all right, okay. I am absolutely fucking done. So I'm like, yo, just drive the fuck around the car. And he's looking at me. So I'm like waiting for him to pull up because realize, okay, this is getting out of control because there are a bunch of cars now behind him who are honking their horn. Your man puts the bus in part and 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 crosses his, folds his arms together and wow. is like, I'm not going anywhere. And then he starts picking up the phone as if he's calling somebody. So I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You're holding up traffic. Meanwhile, so he, Shorty's in the car like, yeah, because this motherfucker's wilding exactly. you know, in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Instagram, shout out, hashtag, bus she niggas. <laughs> I promise you, bro, I think at one point she was live streaming because I, she was holding the camera as if she was holding it towards the street. where we. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody check Worldstar? Because this... I was just about to say, <laughs> I might... Be, might you might be friendly right might now. might be on some video right now screaming at a bus driver. <laughs> So I get back in the car after I finish screaming. I've, my, I've strained my vocal cords because from screaming so much. So I pull the car back and I maneuver it. So now I'm blocking the bus, but I've made it so she can pull out. She is still trying to gather herself. I'm like, yo, sis, you just saw what happened to this bus driver. <laughs> if you don't get your ass out of this <laughs> motherfucking spot, it's going to be two black people fucked up. So um, she pulls out. I maneuver myself and pull into the uh, parking spot. So your boy wants to drive past me. He, he shouts something. I'm assuming it's some type of obscenity. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, my, my rage is, <laughs> is like a force field around me. Anything that you say is just bouncing off at that point. <laughs> so I parked the car and I just happen to be, I live near the uh, bus depot where all the supervisors are. So Kareem was in the building. Kareem showed up oh. was like, 
I, I got this. I got this, L. Just chill. Somebody got written up that day. Yeah. So I knock on the window because that's where the uh, supervisors are. You, you had the bus number? Yes. Oh. Took a picture in the whole night. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> so I knock on the window. I'm like, yo, is this supervisor here? And it, his whole demeanor changed like, uh-oh. <laughs> so he goes, he puts his finger up like, I'm, I'm, I'm the supervisor. So I'm like, can I talk to you for a second? So he comes outside. We start walking around the corner. And the bus driver had already pulled around. But I'm explaining to him, like, yo, what is wrong? Yo, it's Friday night. Everybody's trying to go home. Why would one of your bus drivers park their car in the middle and block the entire block from from proceeding? And then he's sitting there as if he's calling someone for help, but he's really just being an asshole. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm the, the curses are flying out of my mouth at this point. I'm not even talking rational. So he's trying to calm me down. And so I, I go and I, I have an ace in a hole when it comes to MTA. And I try not to use that. And I was on the verge of going to pull that card. But I said, I'm not because I'm not going to fuck up a black person today in, in, in the season of Thanksgiving, even though he pissed me the hell off. So I gave him the uh, bus number. I, I obviously didn't know the driver. I, I barely know what the driver looked like. I just knew it was a black dude. And he said he was going to take care of it. I assumed he was going to take care of it. My... The, the the benchmark for me going to escalate this was because he knew where the car was parked. If something was wrong with the car, there would have been bedlam. Mm. So I looked around the entire car just to make sure there wasn't even an inkling of a scratch, spit. I don't care what it was. Like if there was bird shit on the car, I was going I was going to run through MTA like, yo, here's what happened. And here's why I'm about to burn this shit down. So luckily there was nothing wrong with the car. And um, I'm sure he went on to his merry way. But, yo, bus drivers, yo, y'all got to kill. Y'all got to stop this uh, childish shit. Because that, that was absolutely ridiculous. Did you check the tailpipe for bananas? I did not. But I, I did look at the back of the vehicle. <laughs> yo, I'm sure telling you, I, I literally inspected the vehicle. Because if there was something wrong, I would have been nuts. But uh, so... He pulled me back in, and now I lost my fucking uh, coins for uh, not having uh, exhibited any road rage for like three years. Now I got to start the fuck over. There you go. Start the clock Reset. over. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a new chip. Uh, seven days, uh, seven days, no rage. <laughs> exactly. So the other thing real quick, um, I went to go see the play uh, Thoughts of a Colored Man. And uh, I highly recommend this play for particularly for black men of all ages. And the way that it's written is it hits different generations of men. I think in our age is more nostalgic. Someone for my, I took uh, my oldest son, uh, who is 13. It, it was great because some of the things that he's dealing with that he might not necessarily want to talk to me about, they just put it out there on the stage. And that dialogue was rich. I think it was authentic and it was it was so real. And it, it allows, I think, an opportunity to have that conversation if particularly your son needs to have that conversation or doesn't know how to approach you. And it, it made it so that um, it removed uh, the stigma, I think, and uh, reduced the taboo about topics of sex, um, rape, and incest, and all, all the things that um, we don't want to talk about and not having a solid grip on your own sense of being. 
and how do you manage that and how do you navigate that it, it was just it, it was just really uh, well done and um a lot of great actors are in it um afterwards uh it, we just happened to be at the uh play with uh eric adams was there and they gave him the stage afterwards and he said some really good things some things that i wish he had said and maybe he did i just didn't catch them but he talked about how uh his mom had brought it brought him to or he had his mom had to pick him up at a uh, police station in queens uh, for doing some stupidness and he wound up getting locked up for it and years later he became a captain at that very uh same police station and then went on to be a state assemblyman and a borough president and now the mayor of New York. And he he was saying that he had done all of that. That was a part of him paying his mother back for putting her in a position of, of worry. And um, I gained a new respect for him. I still want him to really recognize that even if his intentions about the police tactics that he's looking to bring back aren't nefarious, I don't think they are. But I think he needs to look at a different perspective of how people like myself with sons in particular are concerned that police might take advantage of the reinstitution of um, a policy that even sounds like or looks like uh, what we had in the past. But um, we'll see. To be determined. And uh, that's my check in. This is Leon and I am done speaking. So I am currently in Miami and we're getting ready to open the TFA, the Fearless Artist uh, pop-up gallery um, for Art Basel. This is going to be fun. Like we haven't, we haven't done it since 2019. COVID was a motherfucker in 2020. We all know that. Um, so I think the energy here is really, really high, but we're in South Beach this time. We're not in Wynwood. So the energy is a bit different. I mean, I don't want to, it's a little bit more douchey on South Beach than it is in Wynwood. Wynwood is kind of um, Soho, the village in the 90s, 2000s. And South Beach now is like fucking Saturday night in the meatpacking district. You know, it's just like fucking party shirts in uh, Miami's version of Goombas. I don't know what you would call a Cuban Goomba. Come at me, bro. Yeah, <laughs> a lot and and a lot of out of town come at me, bros, and party shit. Going down in fucking South Beach, he's going to have a good time down there. He's fucking Cuban broad. It's feel good time down there. But there's also a lot of money, so we're here to sell art. We're here to sell our experience, so you know that could be a good thing. We'll see. I don't want to prejudge what it's going to be, um, but you know it's a different experience for me from Miami. But you know I love Miami. It's just one of like one of my favorite cities. I love coming here. It's a holiday, you know, even when you're just sitting around doing nothing or when you're running around trying to put stuff together and running from Ikea to Home Depot to Best Buy to it still feels kind of like a holiday. What else is going on? Thanksgiving was good. Had, had a nice time with the family. We hosted Thanksgiving for the first time, but we did it a little bit differently because we did potluck because my wife and I, we don't really eat chicken or, or poultry, but I know that my family does and her mom does. So, you know, we were like, you know, bake a chicken and bring it over or, you know, make your favorite dish and bring it over. And I like made uh, a huge piece of salmon, just roasted it and, uh, made some, uh, string beans and carrots and, uh, made biscuits on the fly. 
I went back to my 2020 shelter in place <laughs> biscuit recipe. And <laughs> Artisan biscuits by Albert Campbell. <laughs> no, but it was, it was nice though. It was nice um, to have the family together because we weren't sure how we were going to do it. You know, it just feels very different now. Like those sort of gatherings and, you know, for me, holidays were always the time where if for no other, no other time in the year, we're able to get together like those holidays, you know, whether it's Christmas or, or Thanksgiving, those are the times when we can come together. And, um, you know, it was nice to be able to do that again because, you know, 2020 was a bus and actually 2019 was a bus too. I think, I don't think we did anything for 2019. I think we, we stayed home because, um, I think one of the kids was sick, so I think we stayed home. So it was it was nice to have the family back together, you know. It, and um, you know that's that's pretty much it. Nothing much else going on um, after this. I head to a very this is this going to be like the the shock to my system because I'm going to be leaving Miami to go to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and. It is fucking brick. I keep looking at the weather, hoping it's going to like some, some wind is going to carry up from Miami and it's going to all of a sudden get warm, but it's, it's fucking cold there. Nah, but it was know. cold up here today. Yo. I, was it? No, it was cold. Brick. I got, I got t-shirts and long johns packed in the same, I had in the same bag. <laughs> so yeah, cold soon come, but it's, I think it's colder in Carlisle than it is in New York. At least it was when I left. It, it could be. Oh, speaking of which, I got I to give you a shout out to uh, the project you worked on, uh, Black and Missing. I oh, watched yeah. uh, three episodes of that. Um, the first episode is pretty tough. And once you get through that, I mean, they're all tough, but uh, I think it was necessary. I, I actually forced myself to watch it because I had to get that in my system that this is happening to people mm -hmm. and uh, particularly black women. And we need to be vigilant about that. Are you hearing that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. And that's why I told you. I'm Florida, man. Yeah. There's a bar pretty much outside this window. <laughs> <laughs> and I think <laughs> are you <laughs> Airbnb I'm, I'm, by the bar. <laughs> I'm literally on ocean. Air bar in bed. <laughs> Don't leave your room to get your drink. Stick your arm out your out your yeah, just window. Reach out. Let me get two whiskeys and a fish sandwich, please. <laughs> just just throw it up. Just throw just it throw up. It up. Hey throw Trish, up we got an order from the house next door. <laughs> <laughs> it's a house special. Let ah, me get a fish sandwich, French fries, two whiskeys, and let me see your tits, honey. That's a number four um, on the menu. And that's it. Hey, that's <laughs> it for my check-in. <laughs> that's my sign-off. All um, right. Yeah. I want to tell you about a, a group of fucking Mooliants, right? They're called the Code of 40. I watch these guys on fucking YouTube. Great guys, right? I also listen to their podcast. But get this. These fucking guys are crazy. They left a fucking telephone number for you to leave a message for them, right? It's 608-618-44. 
It's 608-618-4040. I like to call them sometime and break their fucking balls and call them movies and stuff like that. You can do all that stuff. What's going to happen? They're going to come get you. Forget about it. 608-618-4040. Get your fucking life already. This is first Thanksgiving without mom. So that, that was a little tough, but it was cool. Got through it. Had, had a quiet weekend. Um, today, everybody knows I'm, I'm in marketing and I'm in business and whatever the case may be. So I buy a lot of software. I invest in a lot of software. And usually I, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know, I, I, go to the, I go to my team and I'm like, should we get this? What do you think? We buy it, whatever. But we invest in a lot of software, especially new software, because we can get it at a really good deal. And a lot of times when you invest in software, they want to have a like a like a, a onboarding call with you and they want to like tell you how great the software is. And they're like, let me walk you through it. I want to I want to make sure you use it. I want to see if you have any questions. So sometimes being a boss is nice and sometimes it's not. So I buy this piece of software and while I'm signing up for it, it says, well, schedule your onboarding call now. If you don't do it now, you won't have an opportunity to do it later. We're only offering it this one time. So I'm like, okay, let me do this. Let me get it out of the way. Let me do the onboarding. Anybody else wants to come, they can do it. So I signed up for the onboarding call for this morning. I had like one other meeting earlier on, and then I have this onboarding call. So I jump on the onboarding call and I've done a million onboarding calls. The way an onboarding call is supposed to go, hey, how you doing? I'm blah. Tell me about your business. What are you trying to get out of this? Let me show you around the software. Let me know if you have any questions. Here's my contact information. Peace. That's how the call is supposed to go. So I get on the call this morning and the guy goes, hey, what's up? How's the weather? So that part of the call was normal. Immediately after that, the dude goes, so what's your function in the company? I was like, oh, I own the company. He goes, oh, you're the owner. Oh, oh, well, that changes everything. It's like, how does it change everything? Just show me the software. Now, we, so we have supposed to have 30 minutes on the call. He said, which, which version of the software did you buy? I said, I bought the top level. He goes, oh, you bought the top level. Oh, that's amazing. Why don't you turn your camera off? Um, can we record this? Turn your camera off because, uh, you know, the sound is better that way. Why don't you turn off your camera? His camera's not on. I'm like, okay, I'll turn my camera off. No problem. But why are you telling me to turn it off? All right, whatever. Rude, but all right, whatever. Since I got you on the phone, um, why don't you go over to the website right now and give me a review? I'll wait. He tells me to go. Really? He tells me to go to the. And I was like, yeah, I just signed up with the software last week. I want to think about what I want to write. And I'm not sure I want to give you a review yet. I had to be honest. He said, and he asked me like two or three times. And I was like, dude, I'm like, all due respect. I'm going to have to do this later. Like, yeah, you can just do two or three sentences. I'm like, so now I'm annoyed. So I'm like, let me go into the spiel. Let me tell you what our company does. Well, you know, powerful impact. Pop, 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 pop. This is what we do. Oh, that's great. Oh, since you do that, let me show you something else. And he op- and he stops in the middle of the presentation, shares his screen, takes me over to another website that they own and another product. And for 10 minutes, tries to pitch me on selling me a different piece of software. And so I was telling me why I needed it. And I was like, my guy, this is great. I'm not really looking for this. We have a tool that does this. I really appreciate it. Still waiting for him to get to. So now now I'm thoroughly annoyed. After he does that, he goes, okay, this is great. I'm going to send you a survey because we really want to know what you think. Um, I'd love if you could fill that out now. If not, please do it right after the call. Okay. So now you've asked me to do four or five things and, and I'm super pissed off. He goes, uh, great. So uh, did you have any questions about the, uh, uh, about the thing or any problems with the software? 
I was like, dude, I just told you I signed up on like four days ago. I haven't even really gotten into it. It looks great. And I, th- I do think the tool is going to be great. He goes, okay, great. Um, so I think we're going to wrap up the call then. Uh, thanks for giving on the call. And I'll talk to you soon. Never told me what the software was. Ne- it has completely changed my opinion of this software. And when I first got it, I was like, wow, this is a steal. I'm really excited about it. Never walked me through the software. Never told me what it was about. Wasted a half an hour of my time. So I talked Wait, to- you never, I, you never talked about the software you called about? Never talked about the software. Never called me. He got me on the call, tried to get a review, a survey, and pitched me on a totally unrelated piece of software. Never walked, oh. never shared a screen and showed me the software, how it works, what to do. So now I got to go and figure it out. Not that it's a big deal. I think that I can. I still think we're going to use the tool. But who trained this idiot? Who I, I am I am so, and I know what the CEO's name is because he showed me the guy's picture and his name. I'm so tempted to find this guy's email and email him to be like, look. Yeah, that, oh. that software is not going to work. <laughs> owner the owner the owner the owner i don't know yeah that's it that's young convention name is on the list and uh <laughs> all these people are just fucking with you i i'm beginning to agree with that with that sentiment so <laughs> I, I i i, I got off the call and i was so i was he's so buying weird. software from nigerian princes and shit they're trying to upsell him <laughs> he was like oh since i got you on the phone Oh, you're the owner. Well, let me show you two other things. I don't don't worry, my friend. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm waiting for him. To- I'll give you some other software. It's better. It's better than that. Well, don't so worry. When your account goes to zero, that is, that is again. <laughs> That's better. how you know you won. That's how you know you won. <laughs> that means it's when working, my friend. So I, I was just, I was just, I was blown away by that. I was really, it's the worst onboarding call. And I've done a million of them that's the worst bo- onboarding i'm curious ever. why didn't you say yo what the fuck is wrong with you because i was so bewildered and okay here's the thing i've been on the other side of that screen so I, I i know sometimes it takes you a minute to get to the point and i and i figured he was gonna be like i, I know what it is to be excited about your product or your service and you want to talk and you want to really show somebody something but when he pulled out the sales letter and literally read it word for word and was telling and then would stop and explain what he just said and told me the value points when i didn't ask him about it your pissed and off then and my pissed off are different yeah. my pissed off is i've already hung up on you or i'm screaming on you or i'm asking for your manager i'm not patiently waiting for you to finish your sentence <laughs> right yeah i'm i'm sorry i just i'm I, sorry I, sir. I, have I, you finished okay I have, I have a lot of patience. I, I have some things to say. I, I'd like to offer you yeah, some yeah. feedback. So, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't spaz on him, but I do feel like an email needs to be sent. Cause I do feel like he's going to do that to somebody else. And that's not okay. It, it's not okay to waste somebody's time. Hey, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. well, it, it, there's, there's one of two things. Either he's just doing it to you because again, your name is on some list or two, he is always <laughs> doing this. <laughs> Um, um, and I get day. trying to hold up. I get he trying to upsell me eight hours a day. <laughs> it was one thing if, if it was one thing. It would be one thing if he asked me what my problems were. And I told him I had this problem and he goes and he would say, Joe, I have that's what honestly, that's a big part of sales is finding out what people's problems are and then offering them solutions to those problems. But don't, you know, even yeah, Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall me. Street, he was like, don't sell somebody a, a pen who's not trying to write anything. Why are you trying to like you're wasting your time? So anyway, like well, he was trying to convince you you yeah, need to write, and then he had the pen yeah. for you. 
I guess. I guess. All right. And then last but not least, um, before we record again, my beautiful daughter will be turning one years old. And I'm very excited about my daughter turning one. So happy birthday, baby. Happy birthday. I love you. And I'm super excited about being your father. And that's my chicken. Oh, that's a huge deal. I, I like this guy. In this phase, I'm telling you, man, the, the, you're a much better guy when you're, you're a parent in your parent uh, zone. When I'm in parent mode? Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> you're just such a vulnerable little bear. <laughs> little bear. You bear. Oh, Loving your I'm like this. I'm, I'm like Hug this that cub. Hug that cub. All right. <laughs> He can't even stop himself from smiling. I know. Look at him. This is, this is crazy. That's my baby. That's oh. my baby. Look at that baby. That's my baby. That's Arr. it. All right. Let's get into the show. Cuffing season has officially started. And where else can you get your cuffs and all things in your sexual survival kit? But Creamy.one. Creamy.one. Creamy is your premier source for adult toys and goods. They carry unique brands for empowered singles and couples interested in exploring their sexuality. So head over to creamy.one. That's C-R-E-A-M-I-E dot O-N-E. Don't forget to use code DECODEN40 for that 15% discount. Creamy.one. Let's get back to the show. So since we last recorded, um, the verdicts came in on the Kyle Rittenhouse and Arbery uh, trials, uh, two very different cases in two different states, uh, two different scenarios. But I think we were all evaluating them because they were happening at the same time. And of course, they're both social justice cases. How do you guys feel about the trials, the differences in the trials and the outcome of the verdicts? One ironic thing is that the Arbery case was in Georgia. And the Rittenhouse case was in what state was that? Michigan? Michigan? Is it Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, right? So you have it's funny because But he's from Michigan. Yeah. So one's in Wisconsin, which is a northern state, and everybody says northern states are not racist. And in Georgia, where you would expect that type of, you know, verdict that Rittenhouse got, it was the exact opposite, right? I mean, one again, both cases were different in that although people died. Clearly, in Georgia, it was a case of, you know, a, a lynching, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rittenhouse situation was, you know, I'm going to cross state lines with an AR-15 while my mama drives me there because I want to go and help police. And I have some limited medical uh, knowledge, so I'm going to go there to help people. And he wind up, you know, killing two people and, and injuring another person with that gun. I think the Rittenhouse case is dangerous because it opens the door for vigilantism. And ironically enough, that's exactly what happened in the Aubrey case. It was a, it was a case of vigilantism to me, like they, or, or so, so somewhere in the realm of that, right? So in one case, they say, oh, it's okay for you to get your AR and go to a protest. And if you have to defend yourself, you can shoot people with it. You can shoot people depending on what the, what the, uh, situation is as far as if black lives matter or anything that goes against you know um the white american power structure but then in georgia we have a case of vigilantism where they're policing the neighborhood and basically tried and murdered this man based on him running through the neighborhood i think that case in 
Kenosha is going to be is going to be the Rittenhouse case is going to be is going to have a lot more repercussions in the future because you're going to have a lot of people now not only putting this boy up on a pedestal, but also people trying to do the copycat. There's going to be a lot of copycat cases coming in the future where there's going to be future protests because it's a matter of, you know, minutes and sometimes days before, you know, there's another black man killed by the police or in some some sort of, you know, scenario like that. It's going to happen, right? And there's going to be protests. Now you're going to have a whole bunch of written houses trying to go down there and police, you know, whether they live in that state or not, going down into police to try to squeeze off a couple rounds. I think it's. I think that case in itself is a lot more dangerous for future protesting in this country. I think it opens the door for so much fuckery in the future for me. I think you're absolutely right. Well, I don't think that it changes anything legally in, sort of in, in, in terms of precedent. I think in the minds of people and in their motivations, they're going to be going out there and in, in, in ways that they had been holding back or have been at least cautious, at least in how they've approached these situations. I think now you, they've gotten license, basically got a license to kill. All they have to do is be, is like police, have a fear of, of, uh, of injury or death or of someone attacking them, which is a whole load of shit because you armed yourself and walked into this situation. How that is self-defense is absolutely mind-boggling to me. I think the Rittenhouse case, it was doomed from the beginning. The prosecution completely inept. The judge coddled like there were pictures on the internet where they were looking at some video or some pictures and there's a murder suspect over the shoulder of the judge <laughs> in the history of America. Has that ever happened? Oh, sure. Has that ever happened? <laughs> not, not in modern history. Maybe but, back uh, in the day. The defendant was certainly not black. <laughs> yeah. The defendant yeah, certainly <laughs> was not black or brown. Right. They were watching the video like they were watching a fucking football game. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, uh run back. Uh, Kyle. Look at him. He's big and black. He can move fast. Like that's. <laughs> Yo, that fucking that ironic. Was shocking. Right that was yeah. shocking. And that that but that sends that sends if that doesn't send a message to the jury as if this guy is not a threat to mm. society, even though he killed two people and maimed another, somehow. He's not a threat to society, but he's the one that killed. Although people were out there protesting and fighting for not just their rights, but for rights of people that they that they love and they cared for. This person murdered two people and maimed another one. And he's the one that the judge decided to embrace. This case has so much. It's going to have so much reverberation from the the initial case itself as far as do you think about when you're going to go protest now are you thinking about is there going to be a written house situation should yeah. i go protest this is going to curb protesting because you're going to be like should i go out there because what if the next motherfucker's out there and if the next motherfucker might be out there just on the strength of i'm not out here to protect anything i'm just out here to shoot people like i'm going to literally come out here and just shoot people and they don't even care whether they're going to get off or not. And, and, and maybe they do, maybe they don't, but just the, the thought of 
the fact that anyone can roll up on a protest now with their AR and decide to be the police. This is like, fuck, what is this, the 1800s where they deputize people and, and they fucking go out hunting for the fucking engines? Like, what the fuck is to, this? To me, that's the main intent. That's the main message that was to be sent. Not only protesters, but people who are protesting things on the left. I think that because even when he was out there, the, cop, the cops were throwing him water bottles, shouting him on, you need anything, you are right. And he's the one with the gun. So I think this is open season on protesters. They're going to say it's open pro, uh, open season on looters, but also I think that some of the some of the the fault and the blame falls on these prosecutors because I don't think they charged him properly. I don't think they thought through against the evidence that they had. I I don't think that they made enough of a of a stink of all of the roadblocks and the way that the judge guided because we were all watching the same the same things happening, the fake crying, the judge leaning over. We can't call them. Uh, we could call the, we could call the protesters looters, but we couldn't call the, the, the shooting victims victims. Like, I don't know. I, I felt like the prosecution was asleep at the wheel. Well, here, well, here's the problem. Here's the problem in how it was, it was jerry rigged and fixed. The, the jury doesn't hear that, that, that part of the story. They only hear, what the judge decided can be said and cannot be said. Well, let me jump in. The, the thing about this for me is that I too have an incl inclination to think that the prosecution is inept or they dropped the ball. But in fact, this is really an example of whiteness protecting whiteness. Because if you don't see yourself as a criminal and you see the defendant as someone in your family, it is very difficult to prosecute them properly. And I think that's what happened with the judge. He saw this little kid as his grandson. The prosecution, I saw part of the uh, cross-examination, it was horrendous. They're asking him about video games. There are two people's lives who have been snuffed out by this little boy. The fact that you can't even get a gun charge, a gun that's charge. The one thing that we all know that he did that was illegal. <laughs> right. You can't get a gun get charge. That. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's not in depth. That is collusion. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at him. He looks like my grandson. He's pudgy. He's chubby. I just want to give him a big old hug. Come here, cow. Sit on, sit on the judge's lap and tell me a story. Might as well. Yeah. It's pretty much what he fucking did. I don't know. I, um, if I was on the jury and saw that fake crying, like when I saw him cry and then stop and look, and then go back to crying. I was like, there is no way this guy's getting off in my head. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Mm -mm. We would not be on that jury. Right. To make those, we would not be on Facts. that jury. And, and that Facts. brings up another point. Black folks, we have to stop avoiding jury duty. Jury duty. It's not even the fact that we would have avoided jury duty. We would not have been selected. No, no. I'm not saying in this case. I'm just saying yes, in general. Right. We okay. have to be a part of this judicial system in order to work from within it. My, my wife said the same thing you just said, uh, Alex. Like, yeah, yeah how, how many, how many, like, black folks never go to jury duty. And then if we came in the numbers that we should, it's very difficult for them to, I, I forgot what the, 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 the practice they use to basically exclude juries. It's, a, it's, I forgot the word itself. 
but they'll go up there and say, I want to, I want to pass on this one or pass on that one. But yeah, if there's excuse enough, the juror. yeah, ex- excuse the juror. If there is more of us in the, in that jurors pool, it's very difficult because they only get, I think maybe a certain number of excuse uh, to excuses, uh, right. excuses, right? So they, they can't keep going and going and going. The more of us there, it's very difficult for to do that. On the other hand, in the Aubrey case, I think the prosecution did a wonderful job because it was 11 white jurors and one person of color. I don't know if that was a black man, woman, Spanish, whatever. They did the, they did the smart thing and they kept it about facts and they didn't really bring in the, the part about race. At one point, they wanted to and, and they, they decided not to. I think they kept it based on a group of people killing another person as opposed to playing the race card, even though the, the defendant's lawyer was trying to do that by having uh, there's too many black preachers in here. I don't like it. It smells like fried chicken and, and greens, and I want them out of here. OK, <laughs> I smell Jerry Curl juice. I don't like it's it. Activator. It's too There's much activator. activator. And I and I smell I, I smell Popeyes. I is that smell pink it. oil? Is that pink I oil? Can't, I can't I, stand this. Pink who, who, who's got cocoa butter in here? God damn it. It's fucking cocoa butter. I hate the smell of cocoa butter. <laughs> That's the bullshit, right? But the prosecutor, uh, the woman, the prosecutor, the head, I guess she was the head prosecutor. She kept that shit on just straight facts i'm not going to play the race card i'm just going to talk the facts in the case the facts are that you chased this man you had more than enough opportunities to call the police you had no reason to chase a man because he was jogging he was running away from you not towards you so she, and it was none of your goddamn business damn business and i think and who the fuck brought up something about his toenails the defense that attorney was defense. and she's a piece of shit she's a piece of shit what does his toenails have to do with anything? It had everything to do of trying to paint the picture of this disgusting, uh, uh, not even worthy of your consideration. Disheveled um, Negro. Yeah, Here's, not even a human being. He he didn't sav- even have the dignity. Exactly. The savage. He didn't even have the, the savage, dignity to keep himself kept. That's what she was trying to. That kept. was the picture she was trying to paint. And everybody the, knows when their toenails get that long, you know, they can attack like eagles with those. She didn't toenails. say she didn't just say she didn't just say long toenails. She said right. dirty toenails. Right. Dirty toenails. Those as toenails if, carry disease. That's why we have to uh, as and if to honestly, say he's somehow less than less than civilized, less than right. human. That was that was the implication. And I, put, I bet is, you her pussy stink. Which is oh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you her fucking rock pussy. Your, your pussy stink, prosecutor bitch, huh? <laughs> I bet you your pussy smells like a savage. You what I was <laughs> What I was going to say. Um, <laughs> the irony is <laughs> his dirty feet smell better than my dirty cunt. The dirty, irony dirty is that crotch. dirt is actually. In her seen vagina. as something positive in the South. That means you're you're working class. You're a regular Joe. You like mm-hmm. to get dirty. You 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 get in the mix, but to somehow turn that into something so um, vile is is it just turned my stomach. And that was part of what the other piece is. The attorney that was trying to preclude all of the black uh, uh, pastors from the courthouse 
was also playing into that nonsense, mm-hmm. that racist nonsense of, mm-hmm. well, how many black passes do they have, Yana? You know, what happens when you get more than three passers together, they do that voodoo, see? And I'm scared. <laughs> I'm fucking terrified because one of them has a doll of me, Your Honor. Okay, he's, he's fucking sticking needles in it. But I think they were doing that because they want to appeal it and they're trying to say that the fact that these black pastors were in the audience watching the trial, all of this shit about his toenails, all of this stuff is to try to get a retrial. And they're trying to say that the black pastors being there was influencing the jury to feel sorry for him or whatever the fuck. Or to put pressure on them because they couldn't be seen as, as, as racist. But the great news is that they got a federal charge coming up now. Oh, that's that's all. Oh, By the way, word. I I was I was thinking the same thing. I hope there's a civil suit coming uh, up against Rittenhouse, and they sue him for everything he think he might make in his life. Hmm. What they well, said all that, is all that GoFundMe money is going to have to come back. Well, well, what they said is that the the uh, civil trial might not have legs because they did not win the, the criminal trial. But that will, all that's the, well, all go that talk to the Goldbergs. Conjecture. Yeah, that one has the Goldbergs. One that's how they got OJ. Because civil that's in a civil true. case, you don't have to prove without a, a Goldman. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, about the Goldbergs. That's uh, the ABC show. Goldberg. <laughs> in a civil trial, you don't have to. Uh, it doesn't have to be reasonable doubt. Without a reasonable doubt, it has to be. They have to just prove that he caused their death and it was yeah. negligent. The, mm-hmm. just, they have to prove negligence. And go after the mom. Negligent. Yeah, go after the mom who looks like the bitch from the poltergeist. Why is it how is the bitch from the poltergeist? Oh, how is she not charged? Mm-hmm. How is she not charged? Yeah, how is she not charged? How Admittedly, she, not charged? she drove him across state lines with an illegal gun. If that was a, if that was a black mama... Be, my moms will be locked up in fucking Sing Sing right now. 100%. If she drove me across state lines... With an 100%. illegal gun, knowingly, to Correct. drop me off to kill two people. Now, when you get over She's, there, make sure you use that AR. Why is she? Why is she not a co-conspirator? I don't understand that. I don't understand that. She's white. White. The whiteness protected her, Caroline. You poltergeist look <laughs> the complexion for the protection. The complexion. The complexion. Look like a little midget witch from poltergeist. God damn it. Complexion for the protection. Jack I mean, asked the line about um the she look like Louis Anderson's uh, mama Arizona too. Arizona State. <laughs> Uh, wanting to protest uh, Rittenhouse becoming a part of that uh, student body. No, oh, Jesus. Some yo, he's a new Zimmerman, by the way. Someone's going to, to punch him in the fucking mouth. He's going to get worse than that. He's going to get worse when someone realizes who he is on campus. All he has to do is pick up the chocolate milk, and somebody's going to knock him the fuck out. Won't you no, ever drink no, chocolate milk in my presence? No, he he was he was the kicker. <laughs> I when he when Rittenhouse said I support the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh my goodness! I, I almost fell out of my chair. Yeah, he did that because he doesn't want that smoke. He don't want that smoke. You know, that's a hundred percent correct. The, the 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 sliver of sympathy that I have for Rittenhouse is that he's never going to learn the lesson that he should learn because oh, people oh, are going to learn pump, it. People are going to keep pumping him up, and he's going to think that he's done the right thing. And it's gonna come no. way later in life. It's gonna come I think way later. If, 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 he, if he doesn't get, if he doesn't, if he did, if, I think it's gonna be. I, I agree. Bad. I think Rittenhouse is gonna get more smoke than Zimmerman did. 
I oh, think yeah. he's going to get more. That's, that's what I was for, for, for several reasons. For several reasons. Number one, he's just he's just younger, so he's got more life to live. And he like he like uh, Zimmerman was at a certain point in his life. He had some work history. He, you know what I mean. This kid has done literally nothing. Hey, and and it's get, already defined who, who he's he going to get all the fucking Nazi pussy he wants. That funky Nazi pussy he can get meth infested vagina. That's mm. what he's going to get. <laughs> well, they're, they're they're poster childing him, and he's hey, not going to have a private life. Pussy? <laughs> well, they're, they're, before in the we way to Zimmerman, of, Zimmerman is hold where, up. where the fuck is Zimmerman? We they're know he's in Florida, about, but what's his address? They're talking about putting this guy on a pedestal and having him running for some sort of office. They were already, you know, the Republicans are getting a hard on for this guy. He's the new poster child for, you know, he'll be on the Trump uh, 2024. uh, And and that's why he's going to have a problem uh, dodging bullets. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't say it. Well, well, uh, that story is yet to be written. All right. Moving on. What's good, Dakota 40 family? This is Vin, here to let you know that you can now catch Dakota 40 after dark on a new day and time. Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So pour yourself a nice glass of something, something to unwind and come kicking with the crew this and every Thursday night at 10 p.m. on the East Coast, 7 p.m. on the West for Dakota 40 after dark. So, (coughs) COVID. New cover. Cry here, bitch. <laughs> You've been <laughs> coming through. Okay, I got it. I got it. This is the side. Uh, I, I, I wish I'd have thought this earlier than my check-in. The problem with going to a theater is that people still don't know if you have a cough, stay your ass at home. Mm-hmm. Being in the theater and you hear someone hacking is frightening because you feel like. Mm. You don't know if you got TB, smallpox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are sitting there like, oh, tuberculosis. You got Omicron, you, Delta, you got, Alpha. What you got? You guys remember the first time we went out? I got all of it. To, wait, you guys remember the first time you went out to a bar and it was the four of us in that bar and we thought it was just going to be five people yeah. and it was. <laughs> 60. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I still remember the looks on all of your faces and mine too. It was like, yo, you all right? It was it was, <laughs> it's how I would imagine if you go to jail, if you go to prison. <laughs> your first day in jail. Your first, we all had the first day in jail face. Yo. After you after you get your uh, orange uh, suit. Like, oh, shit. This is your, real, your, real. Your first day out of the pandemic. That was, that was, yeah. that was amazing. You, we were hanging right. out and not having fun. Yeah, we were like, like <laughs> I ain't never seen Rick drink a drink with a with a frown. It was like, uh, <laughs> you guys want another round? Nah, I'm good, son. I don't know where the yeah. glasses been. Yeah, <laughs> I just seen this motherfucker coughing by the bar. All that germs all over the glasses in the bar. I'm good. Oh. And then somebody's like, oh, he got a mask on. Okay. <laughs> and none of us Nobody were vaccinated. Wait, but none of us were vaccinated at that point. None of us were vaccinated. No, nobody inside was wearing a mask. Wow. Except us. That was nuts. That's a horror film. Ah, the good old days. You know what I'm talking about? The good old days. All right. Everybody another um everybody talking about the good old days. 
an- another cultural moment that we missed while we were away was this amazing movie released on Netflix called Harder They Fall. Um, I think this 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 was such an empowering um, moment for people of color because not only was it a a western, but it was well made, well scripted, well cast, well produced, and readily available on Netflix. There was no roadblocks to watching this movie. What did you guys think about the movie, the script, the plot, all of the things surrounding that that film? This was one of the best films I've seen in a long time. I've ta- I've talked about on this on the show before that I hate period pieces with modern music. I hate mm-hmm. it. It takes me out of the moment. But <laughs> th- it you. was <laughs> the way that they used it. Ex- the only song that that really I was like I wish the they ja- didn't do this. The was the Jay Z song? Oh, I thought you were gonna say the Jamaican. Song. I was gonna no, say Jay-Z that's why song. he liked it because it had all that reggae <laughs> in the soundtrack. But but the thing is, like, it built the. Um, even the reggae song, it built the emotion of that mm. moment. And maybe I identified it, I identified with it more because I am of Jamaican ancestry. And I knew the, the gravity of, of those moments. Um, the only thing I thought that Jay-Z and and, and I don't know, was it Kid Cudi? Cuddy. Who, who Kid was Cuddy, it? Yeah. It was Cuddy. I, I didn't really I didn't like that. Like I was like, why are you rapping? But <laughs> Jamaican music is so closely related to country western music because a lot okay. of the early a lot of the early Jamaican uh was like R&B and country like mm-hmm. they 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 fashioned a lot of the stuff that they did uh, after that so like I could I, I got where he was going with that I was I was just so happy to see this film and I was I was so happy that it was so well done like the production value was top notch. The script was top notch. The cast was top notch. The acting was top notch. There was nothing lacking here at all. And the best part of this, so the director of this film, um, when I lived in London back in 2003, I was friends with uh, his sister. And at the time, they both still lived with their mom over in, um, in I don't know if they were in Covent Garden, or they were very close to that, that area. And I sat in his room, and we played PlayStation. And you know, I'm not a gamer at all. <laughs> so he was just kicking my ass all over the place. But they're, they're both uh, the younger brother and sister of the, the Stinger Seal. Mm-hmm. But this guy, like he's he's very charismatic and has made a name for himself. And like, he's like best friends with, with, with Jay-Z and like, he's come a long way. I mean, like it was, he was a a kid in his room playing video games. And then the next thing you know, he's making fucking top notch films for Hollywood. And I, I, I'm actually looking forward to his next film. Uh, Shout out to Regina King. Shout out to Idris. Uh, Shout out to what's the dude that was I can't I never his I, his name is starts with an L. What's the gentleman that played uh, the one that shoots the young boy in the face? Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. Stanfield. Yeah. Shout out to him. I like I like all the stuff he's in. Great yeah, he's movie. Dope. He's a great, great movie. Actor. Great movie. Um, it dispels the tr- the the this lie of cowboys being white because the term cowboy itself was for the black people who ran a lot of um, 
you know, the, the they were cowherders, right? And they called them mm-hmm. cowboys. That's why the name was the name comes from, because not only were we boys, but we were cowboys, right? The best part of it, and I love the way they did this, is when they go to the white town and it's all white. <laughs> the, the buildings are white. Everything in mm-hmm. that town is white. And you mm. couldn't like it, it. It was so in your face. And the fact is, there was no white savior. There was nobody. There was no white person casted as one of the bad guys or the good guys. However, you looked at the movie, it was yeah. just black folks doing black things, and that was fucking right. gorgeous. And it had shout nothing. Out to and shout it. out. Yes, yeah. and shout out to the uh, uh, the the other woman that played uh, love's love interest. Z, uh, Zaza Beats? Yeah, yeah. That, she's gorgeous. Um, shout her out. She's also from Atlanta. Mm. The oh, show yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. She plays uh, the girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Right? Okay. Great acting. Um, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you still haven't watched the movie, feel free to skip the next 11 minutes. I love the beginning part where they, they rob the train uh, to get back Idris's uh, character, and they shoot everybody in that car except for the boy that was crying because he's the only one who could operate the train. Did y'all so, catch the um? <laughs> the spoiler was on the loose. Um, did y'all catch the uh, Chadwick Boseman shout out in that yes. scene? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't catch. Yeah, it I saw that after the fact. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw I saw her talk about it before I actually saw the movie, okay. and then I saw it on mm-hmm. the train car. Um. Just a great, great movie, man. Um, I've only seen it once, and I was going to watch it again today, but I got caught up in in, in a, lo- a bunch of stuff. But great, 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 great movie, man. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Me and the wife watched that shit and was just like, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's see what I'm, I'm, and and Wayne, folks. I love that part the best. <laughs> I'm curious to see how... how I, I'm curious. I would love to get the take of what white folks thought of this movie. Because I, I thought, I thought that... Because I want to know how what what their what their lens. What do they see? How amazing this film is. Do we just do we see its brilliance because it also acknowledges our experience, or are they able to see that? That that that's what I'm curious about. Not that it matters. I'm still going to okay. love this film, and I think this is going to be like a cult classic. This is going to be. This is what we wanted Belly to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is what we wanted yeah. Belly to be. Oh, not Belly. Like, visually, Belly. <laughs> oh, well, we still love Belly. belly. Right. kept moving. I did, yeah, I did right. shank Belly. But this is what we wanted. Rick. This is this is this is Rick. everything that we want. It was so satisfying. Was belly, so I'm satisfying. going back to Africa. I'm going back to Africa. <laughs> what I loved about this movie, though, is um, one, it juxtaposes the idea of who's good and who's bad. And what's evil and what's good? It's relative. And yes, and it does it in such a beautiful way. The other thing I like is that it was the casting was so superb. I didn't know who to root for at times. Yes, right. Yes, yes. Because it was I was rooting. I was rooting for Idris because I'm an Idris fan. You know what I mean? I, I I love his work. You know what I mean? I was I was I was rooting for Regina, who was clearly you know the 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 bad female quote-unquote in the movie but you root for the bad guy in this movie right, right. you really do um was you also but, but was the he the guy. bad guy though was he the bad guy exactly because he was trying to develop a town for black folks right so right. there lies in the duality of human beings he rapes right. but he saves it's 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 like 
Malcolm before he became saved. <laughs> he kills, he started, but he saves. But he saves, right? <laughs> he kills, but he saves. But he saves, right? But um, I'm curious because I wasn't, was Regina his love interest? I don't know there. I, I'm, I'm thinking that it was his sister. Mm. This, I, is I my, this, is my, this, this is my, this is my thing. I, I got right hand woman. I got right hand. That's what I got too. Yeah. That's what I got too. I, I get that, but what I what this is what I this is what makes me think is his sister. When he gets out of the cell in the in the, mm-hmm. in the train car, he doesn't kiss her. He just puts his forehead on her, and it was sort of like a sisterly, brotherly type of endearing thing. And he makes a statement in the movie where, when at the end, when he finds out that the guy that's going to kill him is actually his brother. But he Jesus. talks about the father. Who listen? This is our show, and if you haven't seen this movie yet, call me the spoil master. Yeah, you I'm gonna tell you right master. now. This is what. This is why I think that it's the it's the way he greets her in the beginning, and then he talks about how evil the father was and how he left us. Mm-hmm. He makes he says that, and then at the I, I just I, I don't mm, know I, didn't I just. Catch that. I think mm. that she might be the sister. And at the end, of course, which leads, it might lead to a part two. She's still alive. <laughs> no, yeah, she's still alive. But here's the thing. I would like to believe. Spoiler. She, I would Spoiler. Like to believe that she wasn't. No, it's rotten. It's rotten. <laughs> really? Go ahead, man. Let's let's cut out. Oh. Let's cut out the spoilers or at least bleep them. Because oh, no. you went too deep. Yeah, we you can't just, like, we can just come on, without, without I can't. the review. When Stone got shot in the face, I was like, oh, that's like what you're doing, bro. Like, it's yeah. all right. Oh, it's all right. I would like it's, to believe that seen this movie yet, the right. relationship was not about them being siblings, but believing in his movement so much that she was putting everything on the line. She was the best. Right? That's what I mean. She didn't have to. She, she wasn't the she wasn't the love interest. She was your she was your 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 best homie. Because mm. sometimes your best homie is a female. True that. Who's Word. going to she's gonna, she's gonna do things, she's gonna ride for you in a way that mm-hmm. even your mans can't ride for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that, that's why I thought it was important that I thought it, she was playing his right hand, and it, I thought it was also important that they not be romantically linked to show their individual strength and power. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that would have that would have that would have right. made it exactly. without without removing love from the equation, right. but not making it something that was soupy and syrupy. Yeah, that would have softened it. It would have softened it, and it would just would it would have been too cliche, right? And it was that kiss that kiss on the forehead said like, "There's nobody in the world more that I wanted to see right now." Mm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, 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 I kind of think that there might be some relation there, and, and, and we can only find out in the sequel because there's got to be a sequel. Come on. You can't, you can't just leave it there. I would love for them I, to leave it there. I, I'm not the person that needs a happy ending. Um, or just don't make it a come in America, too. I, I just want to... I want... Oh, here we go. Great <laughs> if Regina gets her own I, spinoff, I'm down with it. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. No, coming to America. <laughs> make America. Wait, what was the name of that? Coming to Coming America, to America. Hot garbage. Hot oh, yeah. Piece Coming of shit. I hated that. The, yeah, that movie was in the shower. Too. Like, what did I do? You know, Why did I get stabbed? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. Y'all, that movie's going to hold up. Like, all the eggs. It is most not going to hold No one is going to watch that twice. I still, ever. to this no day, one. I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to watch it again. 
not gonna watch it tonight, but I'm gonna watch it. You're gonna watch it again just to prove me wrong. You're like, oh, this is this shit. So good. This is so good. I, mean, I, 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 I never even oh, watched it. Like, I, I wish I didn't watch this in my new house because now my new house stinks. <laughs> it smells like coming to America too. <laughs> now my new house stinks of failure. I need to Febreze for, for for my, te- my television. <laughs> oh my God. All right. How did they fall? And by the way, I love Eddie yeah. Murphy, but he has a lot of stink ass movies now. Don't get But me. he's got a lot of movies that are like, like albums that. Later on, that like a lot of people trash Norbert. Not I love it. watching Norbert wow, wow. now. Love watching Norbert now. Uh, another one, a thousand words. That movie is not. Mm-hmm. I like watching. I also, I I also, a, also, also a piece of shit. Those are two. No, you know what? You, you know what? You know what? You have the worst taste in movies. <laughs> no, no. I think worst I, I think the last I good Eddie know. Murphy movie was probably Harlem Nights. No, no, no. You, you didn't, but, but you didn't even see that, uh, Dolomite. You didn't Dolomite see Dolomite. Was good. Dolomite was good. I'm talking Dolomite about was like major feature film. I mean, not that Dolomite wasn't because it wasn't released in film and in, uh, in theaters. Dolomite was good. Name something else outside of Dolomite past Harlem Nights. Cadillac. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls was good. Oh, okay. Dreamgirls. Not in Dreamgirls. Yeah. Dreamgirls. It yeah. wasn't an Eddie movie, but okay. Dream, I'll give him Dreamgirls because he was up for an Academy Award for that. It's, it's, but an Eddie that. project. Okay. We have to we keep making yeah. All right. We got to keep moving. Anyway. Your argument is horseshit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> harder they fall. Wait, let's get back to harder they fall. Let's get back okay. to harder. Right. I, I, I just want to say this and we can wrap up. I agree with everything everybody said. Amazing film. Great. Two amazing underrated performances. Cuffy, the girl who played Cuffy, Danielle Deadweiler, amazing. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. And and Dion Cole blew the doors off. Yes. Yes, he did. He, I, yes, saw, I see him in a completely new light and I watched the interview and he talked about, he was like, I knew who I was on screen with. I knew I had to go there and I put everything into and I Dion Cole to me went up a level as an actor in this movie. Yes. So shout yeah, out yeah. to him because I thought this was I thought he killed his character. I thought he killed. He it. did. So shout out to Dion Cole. He so, did a wonderful and, and, scene when he was he was getting his ass kicked, but that was a very amazing. good convincing scene from him. You didn't you didn't see him as a comedian in that role. Absolutely, or as an actor. Absolutely no. not. He he was in actor. that role. Yeah, he he's like I'm cold, but I'm cold too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a cold motherfucker too. He, yeah, he, yeah, he did his thing. <laughs> he did that his thing. My, he did his that thing. was the funniest scene right there. He was talking to himself. Thought he was talking to the. To, <laughs> yeah, that's, he was talking to himself, getting ready for the fucking yeah. confrontation. He was, he was pumping himself up. up. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's the type of shit you do when, when you're mad at your wife. You're in the car. I can't believe this motherfucking. You go home. Oh God! See, it's moments like that that made this script so fucking mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Look, yeah. James Samuels, you did your fucking thing. I can't wait to see your next film. This was amazing. E- e- Easter egg in this movie. If you go back when they're walking through the town, all of the buildings, the names of the buildings, all have meaning. Mm. All like the Chadwick Boseman building. There was uh, one of the shops is called Carter and Carter. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, you got you got to go through and watch it. It's pretty. That, mm-hmm. that, that's a, that's another reason to watch it. Just go watch the buildings when they walk through the through the town. So, 
So if you haven't go seen it, Harder, Harder They Fall on Netflix, support that film so we can get Harder They Fall part two and three, and then the guys can trash those. The we don't need okay. We don't need, no, we don't but, need that. Oh, wait, I, 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 I do want to say, <laughs> the soundtrack is fire. If you yeah. haven't listened to the soundtrack, the soundtrack is fire. And Lauren's on it, and she was on time. It was amazing. So yes, she, yes, she is. Okay. All right, cool. You are now listening to Decoding 40. All right. So like a lot of this year and the past year has been uh, riddled with, uh, we lost another. uh, So far, this is no good. (laughs) (laughs) So far, this is terrible. (laughs) I'm not going to hold you. (laughs) All right. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. So um, on the day that we're recording this is a Monday, which is the day after everyone found out that Virgil Abloh uh, lost his life um, seemingly to us so prematurely. Um, Unfortunately, it was due to his uh, battle with cancer. And it is really a striking thing and something that has been really hitting me hard that the idea that we want black men, particularly uh, brilliant black men to grow old. And Virgil had a indelible mark in number of areas in his life. He was a DJ. He was an architect. He was a designer. He was a musician. And uh, he was a father and a husband and a friend. And he was a part of that Chicago crew that included Kanye, that included John Monopoly, that included Don C, that included... Uh, Kid Cudi, I'm forgetting someone, I'm sure. But they all came out of that energy um, that was coming out of Chicago um, and made an an indelible mark on the world. I think we're just going to take a few minutes just to kind of give our uh, thoughts and some uh, respective on uh, what his loss might mean to us as a culture and... um, us as just black men fighting for health and um, living long lives. Yeah, I, I was I was just blown back when I saw the news that he he died. He was is a young brother. I mean, he's forty one years old, and he just reached the height of I would think any creative's um, career. The head of one of the oldest um, design companies in the world like Louis Vuitton like a black man at the head of Louis Vuitton who's a young black man from Chicago is kind of amazing and what he's able, what he was able to accomplish in a short amount of time like all all of a sudden his off white brand became the brand to have i mean i don't i'm not wearing any of that shit cuz i can't afford it but um you know it was all anyone could talk about who could afford it and celebrities like they were all, they were all in it. He was the talk of the town and now, you know, he's gone like completely unexpected. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know who he was until you guys told me. So I, I read up, uh, I read the New York times article about him 
And not only was he, you know, like El said, a DJ, uh, he was, uh, he started with Kanye and he, you know, he, he wasn't even a fashion designer. He was an architect and he, that's what he went to school for. And then he got into the fashion thing. But what I really uh, liked uh, about the article when, what, and like what he was going with it was he was a part of that whole NFT thing. Like he was, he was basically creating his clothing line was not, it wasn't just about clothes. He was creating like this whole universe almost as far as, the clothes being wearable art as opposed to just clothes. So he was, he was uh, definitely ahead of his time. And, you know, if he had not succumbed to cancer, probably would have been on the cusp of a lot of uh, future endeavors. But, you know, it's a shame to see anybody uh, at 40 die of uh, a very rare form of cancer. Um, I th think it affected his heart as, as, as if I'm correct. It's just, it's, it's a, it's it's bad to see that, you know, because especially when you have that much talent and you have that so much so much to offer to not only the culture, but just, you know, to people in general. And I, I was reading the one part of the article where he's being interviewed and they're like, so, you know, they, they were basically, well, it's an urban brand, his, his urban brand. And he was like, no, it's not an urban brand. It's more than that. And so many people while he was being given kudos, uh, so many people were like trying to basically suppress it and be like, oh, it's bullshit because it's urban. And he believed it. And obviously Louis Vuitton believed in him because, you know, he became who he became. But I think that, um, like, again, it, it's a shame to lose uh, uh, such a talented brother at a young age. But he did a lot in those 40 years of life. Absolutely. So, you, know, you know, definitely I, shout out to him. I like what you said. I think one of his enduring legacies will be the idea of pushing against the narrative that art needs to look a certain way, a respectability needs to look a certain way, um, and that giving dignity to people in urban centers and making making that celebrated and making that known that we should be celebrating that and not trying to otherize it only to later year, maybe five, 10 years, 20 years later down the line to be embraced by the same people who were trying to, who were trying to ostracize uh, black folk or, or other folk. And um, I think he was trying to say that and, and remind, and I, I was on a clubhouse room and they were talking about him and he was saying that um, he wanted people from Chicago to realize that your art and your vision is borderless. It does not stop at the city limits of Chicago. It, it expands across the globe and you, you need to embrace that and you need to be proud of who you are. And so often we, we live in a, a, a bubble where success and, and uh, dignity is supposed to look a certain way. It's supposed to be uh, upright, clean and, and speak the King's English. And, he is one of the people who were fighting that narrative. And I think that'll be one of the things that uh, makes his star shine as bright uh, for a very long time. For, for so long, um, hip hop, especially in the beginning and the origins of hip hop, um, we created the styles, right? It's the street that created the styles, right? It wasn't these designers making stuff. We gave them, we wore the chains. And then you see 10 years later, people on the runway wearing big chains. He basically got his fucking flowers now in the sense of 
He got yeah. his respect. He got his fucking right now. I'm not going to wait 10 years from now. You're going to you're going to embrace what the fuck I'm doing, whether you like it or not. And it's because, again, if you look if you look at the 80s and 90s, how so many things were stolen from hip hop. I, I saw about a couple of years ago. They had motherfuckers wearing do rags on the goddamn some Paris shit and calling it something else and charging eighty dollars for it. It's a fucking do rag. Like they they take shit and they repackage it and they charge three hundred dollars for it. Yeah. And that happens so often. It had they, they, the culture vultures come in, they swoop in, they take street styles that people make because they don't have a whole lot of stuff. People don't people weren't wearing Gucci and all that shit back in the day because who the fuck had Gucci money? So people took what they had and they created this look and these styles and the, and all these big designers came down and say, look how look how the people in the ghetto are dressing. And they took it and they, and they ran with it. All of them have done it. L- Loren, Hilfiger, all of them. Hilfiger wasn't putting no big shit on his his shirts until black folks had started doing that shit, making bootleg Hilfiger. And that shit was ripping into his money. So he says, maybe I should put my name all over the shit in big names. Black folks like that shit. Because we create, we we're the fucking pulse. We start the shit, and they come along and they take it. But he said, "Fuck that! I'm gonna get mine now." And they they respected I, him enough to give him, you know, what Louis gave him. I have such a deep respect for people who are fashion forward because I, I have a problem finding a clean shirt. I am not the fashion magnate by any stretch of the imagination. So I really have a great deal of respect for not only people who are able to, you know be in tune with the culture and be in tune with fashion, but also be kind of fashion forward and, and their thinking is fashion forward. I think people who can establish themselves as that, that's one of the reasons why I have such a a great deal of respect for Kanye, because I think he sets trends as well. And I, and I think this gentleman did that from what I've read that he did this as, as well. And like I said, this is not my lane, but I, I have a great deal of respect who are able to break and, and also people are able to break into new spaces in general and remake them. And I feel like those two things is, is what I really admire about this story. Okay. All right. Well, Anybody with that, um, Virgil rest well, brother. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in power. So what did we learn today, fellas? I learned that right now the vent in this room is blowing straight fire out of it. And the Coquito that I've been drinking does not mix well with heat. It's melting. And I'm falling. And uh, wear wear your mask because Omicron's on its way and it's not fucking around. That's all I know. I think it's Coquito heat emanating from you and it's actually (laughs) air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) You're hitting air conditioning with Coquito heat. Coquito heat. Coco fire! I learned that this life. Is the fire. So you better get out there and do what it is that is put on your heart, and to the best of your ability, try to fucking achieve that shit. Factory, sir. Factory. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, everybody. We want to thank you for listening to another exciting episode of Decoding Forty. We appreciate you listening. New episode every Friday. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, and tell a friend to tell a friend to check us out on all places where podcasts are available. And we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.
Decoding 40.